0: And welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Conor O'Gara. Chris, did you hear that sound? Oh God, but. It's CBS printing off money. It is a party. We got champagne bottles going all everywhere all day because CBS has lucked into the dream scenario for next week. We are essentially gonna get two division title games with Georgia traveling to face Kentucky and then the night tilt that we've been talking about for a while. Bama LSU, it is a dream scenario for CBS right now. I mean, who would have thought Kentucky would have been a part of that dream? Oh, man, I, I certainly did not. And, and, and LSU, too. I mean, we we'll, we've talked about it a lot, the yeah. underdog story, but for both of those programs... Uh, this this is a fun angle, too, and the fact that both of those teams as underdogs get to host these games. Right. We're going to talk a whole lot about both of those games. We're, of course, going to hit on Florida-Georgia, and we're going to hit on it at the top of the show. Sorry for all of those who were offended by the fact that we didn't hit on Florida-Georgia immediately, even though we talked about it with Chris Dorn yeah. for like a half hour, but whatever. Um, so we will, of course, go around the SEC, look ahead to some Week 10 lines, do all that fun stuff, but before we do all that, how much Texas Pete did
1: you eat yesterday? Oh my gosh, so much Texas Pete. So, like, first off, I had I had two bags of chips and salsa, uh, but I'll throw that out there, so that was nice. Um, and I added a little Texas Pete to my queso. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. God dang right it's nice, it was real nice. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd like to talk to you guys a little bit about something serious. I know we joke around a lot, um, but that is flavor. Not like Guy Fieri flavor. We're not going to Flavortown right now. You're wearing a nice button down.
0: It's Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri.
1: We're not going to dress that up. Um, No, flavor. I mean, I recently shaved this terrible beard that I had. I don't have the flavor saver anymore, but I really need that because there's so much savory flavor in every bottle of Texas Pete that I have. You know how many bottles I have? Six. (sighs) Child's play, dude. A baker's dozen. Anyway. Uh... (laughs) Our presenting sponsor, Texas Pete. For as long as I can remember, I have been dousing almost everything that I eat in Texas Pete. And I don't feel bad about that. It's fantastic. Pumpkin pie. Kit Kats. I mean, if I didn't love it so much, I'd probably <laughs> hand it out at Halloween this, this Wednesday. But, you know, I'm going to keep it for myself. Anyway, um, love it on my eggs. Love it on my chicken. All that. All that aside, for years now, Texas Pete has been synonymous with days of watching football. Not just me. Uh, my friends. My family the rest of the world, I think, right? I'm not alone on this one. If you're looking for a way to kick up your menu while you're tailgating, or just overall food options during a day of watching football, hell, on a Thursday morning, whatever you want, uh, head on over to texaspeat.com tailgate. They've got amazing recipes. They're not, they're not just good. They're delicious, they're simple. And don't forget to pick up a bottle of Texas Pete hot sauce at your local store before this week's game day. Nothing makes a game day better than Texas Pete. If you can't stand the Pete, stay out of the kitchen. We actually got a DM from somebody in Australia who, apparently they don't sell Texas Pete in Australia. And he ordered it off uh, eBay. And it has, like, six large boxes of Texas Pete. Like, all different flavors. It's incredible. Wow. Yeah. Imported. Imported. Not domestic. Fancy stuff. I bet, bet they're... Were- I bet there are a whole lot of
0: people at the world's largest outdoor cocktail party that put a little Texas Pete and their Bloody Mary getting ready for uh, yesterday, Florida, Georgia, Georgia, Florida, whatever you want to call it. It was Georgia's day in Jacksonville. The dogs get their best win of the year, a huge bounce back performance coming off of the bye week and the loss of course at LSU, Jake from the man, the myth, the legend, maybe his signature performance that he's had so far uh, of his young career. Third and Grantham, we talked about how much that was going to be a key factor in this game. And that was the difference. Every single time he would get in these pressure situations, he would step up. He ended up up having 240 passing yards, three touchdown passes. And by the way, third down passing, 86% 14 yards per attempt and three touchdown passes. That th- that throw that he had to Terry Godwin oh, man. on that third and Grantham where they were up six and they could have easily just settled for a field goal. I think they would have tried to settle for a field goal. Two it weeks seems ago, like maybe. that's
1: what they wanted to do a lot of times yesterday. That
0: <laughs> man. That what was was the uh, second that- down? We'll
1: kick. We'll
0: kick. <laughs> I mean, when he got hot rod, that's that's just what you do. Fair enough. Um, yeah, but what what a performance from Jake Fromm. Go go figure that we're you know a lot of people, a lot of Georgia fans were frustrated that. He had been so poor in that performance against LSU and wanting to see more of Justin Fields, and Georgia fans probably couldn't get enough of Jake Fromm on Saturday.
1: I mean, if you had told me before the game that there was zero chance Justin Fields was going to play, I would have thought you were crazy. Because, like, you know, the rumors coming out, you know, just like Tua last year where, you know, they were saying, like, if he doesn't play against Florida, then he's going to transfer or, you know, just this and that, just hearsay kind of stuff. But I would have assumed with the week off, especially on how bad that offense looked last week, that there would have been something for him involved in the game plan. But no, they didn't need it. And
0: go figure, too. Um, So I I say this because Matt Hayes does a tremendous job every single week with his what I'm hearing around the SEC. Mm -hmm. He is super plugged in. He writes for us. He writes for Bleacher Report. And he does this column every week for us. And I always read it. It is a must, must read on SDS. And one of the things that he highlighted was that yeah, Justin Fields is going to be involved in this game plan. Georgia coaches have prepared right. a lot for him. We are definitely going to see him on Saturday. And I'm not sure that they necessarily were lying to him or anything like that. But I think once you saw once you saw Jake Fromm get into that rhythm with Isaac Nata, and he really got going at the end of the first half, it was like, all right, he, this he's, he's locked in. He is pretty much doing what he did in the second half of the yep. Rose Bowl. We need to keep this guy on the field as much as possible. And he reminded everyone was why he is winning Nata. the nation's. Oh, gosh, he had, like, four straight four catches. catches in a row. That, was like, that was, like, as many catches as he had all last year.
1: It was and unbelievable. It was, I mean, it was cool to see him utilize so many different weapons they have because they are so talented on offense. And, like, you know, you watch me, Cole Hardman, go down, and it looked a lot worse than what it was, obviously. Came uh, back into the game, of course, yeah. but, yeah. But, like, using NADA, um, Jeremiah Holloman, I mean, where did that come from?
0: Yeah, that fade that he had on that first touchdown, that was, whew. That was an NFL throw right there, Jordan Rogers. Yeah, big time.
1: And it's a, and a great catch, too. It looked a lot like Wims did last year. So right. it was cool to see them get their their um you know their swagger back on offense. I was a little bit embarrassed because I was like, what did we talk about for two weeks? Like, why, why did we talk about any of this stuff? Because everything was fine. And I mean, you know, From goes out there. The thing, I think the thing that people always forget is like Fields is supposed to be an incredible talent. You know, number one, number two quarterback in the country coming out of high school, one of the top players overall in the country. But let's not forget Jake Fromm was a huge recruit and also has already played a full season and led you to a national championship and he's got all the talent. I mean, I don't know if he has the same kind of like athletic ability or anything like that, but you saw yesterday, I mean, he put up I think his QBR was like 96.4, was the highest he's had all year, and it's a huge bounce back game for him
0: against a really good Florida defense too and we thought yeah. maybe, I think everybody was thinking that that goal line stand that Florida had holy cow that was the stuff of legend if you're a florida fan after that you're thinking this game is ours even though they held georgia to a field goal a, georgia, georgia still went up by by two possessions there i believe yeah that right. they went goal by line stand people are saying that it was it was six plays but really it was seven because they had the pass interference and right. other counts as no plays but georgia basically gained half a yard and wasted four minutes of the clock in that scenario and Florida kept getting the backside pressure, and it was – Georgia could not do a thing. And I thought that while the moment didn't end up being what we thought it would for Florida, and we thought it was going to be this big turning point game, and what a big rah-rah moment for the Gators to come back and potentially win this one. I think that moment was still significant because – We wouldn't have looked at that last year and thought there was any way that Florida could have a goal line stand against that Florida front. There's no way whatsoever that Florida was on that level at the line of scrimmage that Georgia was. And I thought that that showed progress. If you're a Florida fan and you're trying to take away a positive from this game moving forward, it was nice to see your team not get completely dominated in the trenches because it did last year. And I did not think that that was the case yesterday.
1: No, not at all. I mean, I kept having to reread that stat. Because it was three minutes and fifty-eight seconds, right? Six or seven plays, and it said negative one yard, and I was like, "What? Like how? And how did it take off four minutes off the clock? How did Kirby not settle for a field goal at any point during that? Because they had the automatic first down. Yeah, it just uh, it was it was was crazy. And like as well, like they, I mean, they were pretty effective at running the football with like Holyfield and Swift had a big day. Finally, Swift
0: finally went off, and especially at the end too, where when he gets that foot in the ground, man, he is. He is dangerous when he gets yeah. when he gets some momentum the going. The defense on gets field. tired. Yeah, he was uh, he was electric down the stretch. This is a huge win for Georgia, a team that uh, Georgia hadn't won a game with both teams being top ten teams since 1983. Right. I well, mean, they've only had five kind of t- in the in the history of it. S- still, though, I mean, I, to look at this game as a potential launching point for the rest of the season, Georgia fans are so accustomed to whatever can go wrong, kind yeah. of will go wrong in this game, and. You thought that goal line stand could have been that moment. You know, our producer Mark, our producer Mark was 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 texting me earlier, being like, I thought that was it for Georgia right there. He's a big Georgia fan, and he was saying like, I I thought that was the moment that Florida was going to seize control of the game, of the division, all that stuff. Right. And credit Georgia for being able to respond in that moment and being mentally tough in that game, because that was you know in the start of the second half when Felipe Franks comes out and threw that. Dime to Freddy yeah. Swain. Best, best pass I've ever seen from Felipe Franks. That includes the Tennessee <laughs> Hail Mary. And I mean, you give you're thinking. Both sides.
1: You, right, exactly. I mean, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but I mean, like, you you got to give credit for both sides because I, I thought when you come in that early, Felipe Franks, like, Georgia goes right down the field. They settle for a field goal. Um, You know, Florida gets the ball back. First play, Felipe Flicker. He's wide open. Wide open. Felipe. Beautiful play call. Oh, my gosh. Perfect. And overthrows him. So. You know, and then they fumble two plays later, and you're like, oh boy. And like it's you know, deep in their own territory, like this this could go off the rails pretty quickly. So they go down Tenno, and from then on, it just I kept waiting for Georgia just to bust it open. And, you know, they even like at the end of the first half, I don't understand the play call from Kirby selling for the field goal. He's smarter than I am. With two timeouts left too. I yeah, that was interesting strategy. But yeah. uh but no, I mean, you know, I, I went to go shower at halftime. I came back out and I was like what just happened? What like, what just happened? Because was like a minute thirty into the second half, and like, Felipe Franks, you know, he's if there's one thing he doesn't lack it's confidence, and it was pretty impressive to see him and the defense, you know, kind of keep getting back up, keep keep getting back up, and then fumbling and throwing the interception. But
0: you could, you could tell this one meant a little bit more for Georgia. We, we we've mm-hmm. talked about Florida and how this is the team that has made better steps than we thought it would in year one of the Dan Molinaro. Florida could very easily finish with double-digit wins this season. And all of a sudden you're looking at a team that is a major threat year in, year out. I think that we, we came away thinking that that was still the case, but this one for Kirby Smart was big. And yeah. you saw it in the post-game celebration when he's flipping the visor <laughs> around and going crazy. I thought that that was some rare emotion from him, and he knew what this game meant just to be able to keep control of this division, a division that he has not lost a game to since the start of 2017. No team has even gotten within 14 points of Georgia in the division since the start of 2017. A team that is going to try and do that next week and try and do more than just that, Kentucky. Kentucky somehow Neighbor Terry Wilson comes to the rescue and Unreal. allows the Cats to escape with a win at Mizzou. The, unti- the untimed down touchdown pass to C.J. Conrad, I did not see that coming when, when Kentucky went down 14-3 to in that game, that's for sure.
1: So I, I wrote this down, one of the most like, interesting stats, because I, I thought this was over. I mean, it, like, and you go from, you're flipping back and forth between this, like, pad-popping, hard-hitting, like, grudge match between Georgia and Florida, and then you're going to this slap fest in Como. That was just like I mean, it was a snooze fest the entire second half. A good defense. Like, you know, you gotta tip your cap to Kentucky and Mizzou. But you know, at one starting in the fourth quarter, they're at fourteen to three, and the FPI probability or win probability for Missouri was do you wanna know what, you wanna guess what it was? Oh, I got it in the notes here, so oh, yeah. I'll just let you say it. Ninety five point three percent. Then halfway through, halfway through the fourth quarter with seven minutes and 46 seconds left, it was 96.5. And then even after they gave up the punt return for the touchdown, they got the ball back with a minute and 41 seconds to go. 95.3. That's, I mean,
0: I thought it it was a bad call in
1: the end zone, but they should have never been there.
0: Right, yeah. So Mizzou fans, I understand why you're upset. And you have every right to be. That is a brutal call yeah. to have defensive pass interference in that situation. That sucks. I, I, I yeah. won't sugarcoat it. That, that's a bummer. But think about this. As frustrating as that is, you've got the worst quarterback in the SEC. No offense, neighbor Terry Wilson does tremendous yard work, and we really enjoy him having him in the neighborhood. But 88 yards in 63 seconds he had to get to win that game, and, and he, he did it.
1: Yeah, with a tight end.
0: Yeah. that. I mean... <laughs> That, that's tough to stomach. And, I, and that's going to spoil what was easily the best defensive performance of the Barry Odom era. That was still the fewest points allowed in an SEC game by a Barry Odom defense. And it was a special teams touchdown. It wasn't even an offensive touchdown that Mizzou allowed. Right. And you're thinking to yourself... Man, Mizzou finally gets over the hump, gets that win against a ranked opponent that they've looking, been looking for forever. And it won't, nobody will even pay attention to the fact that Drew Locke and the Mizzou offense was horrible in the second half getting dominated by that Kentucky oh defense. Gosh. You just got out of there with the win. You got it. And then you don't. And now you're sitting there still winless in the SEC. And I think that the people who are calling for Barry Odom's job, I can't blame them.
1: I mean, and honestly, I can't either at this point, and I hate to say that because I, I like Barry Adams as a person. I like him as I a coach. And, and he's, he, you know, he's a good guy, and he cares about Mizzou. Like, Again, you know, the first and foremost, he really cares about Mizzou. That being said, you know, this is this team just goes out of their way to find ways to lose games. They just – they don't – you know, like we talked about the Florida, Florida-Georgia game. There's a few things here and there that Florida didn't do, like, you know, having the three turnovers where – that loses you a ball game. That's like one part of it, like one part of the game. Mizzou does so much to just hand games away, and like yeah, like I, I we love Terry Wilson, great great guy, great man. Um, we carpool every Thursday. He's I mean. <laughs> Why Thursday? Why not any other day? I mean, because, like, Friday, like I like to be with myself, listen to the pod a little bit, you know? And, like, get all amped up. I <laughs> listen to, like, pump-up music. Terry's, like, really, he's, like, more into, like, R&B and jazz and stuff. So anyway, right. long story. Regardless, when you let somebody like that have a career day, I mean, he goes 13 of 18 in the second half. He had more completions on the, in the first minute and a half on the first drive than he did all last week, which, granted, the bar was set pretty low. But... Like the defense, like the alignment, even you're 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 playing five, ten yards off the ball, like in the secondary, and you're just le- it's not even like a dink and dunk. You're just letting them just torch you. Like the the play where Conrad, I think like the big chunk play like on the final drive, there was no one within twenty yards of him. Can't have that. No. Can't have. that. I mean, it's just they they go out of their. I mean, the block kick, they go out of their way to find what's to lose, and it's I don't I honestly don't know if it's. If it's like they, the mentality, they don't know how to win.
0: There's I, something to be said for that. I mean, I, I think Kentucky finally, has figured out how to win. Yeah. I mean, they win close games. They do what it, it takes to win down the stretch. And I, I want to hit on one more thought with Mizzou. And I think it was kind of lost in the shuffle of how deflating of a loss this was. Yeah. Let's not forget that Kelly Bryant was in the house for this. Of course the Clemson transfer quarterback. You gotta play that and immediately if you're Derek Dooley trying to sell to someone who is going to be very highly touted on the transfer market, come play for me in my offense. What you don't want to have is eight straight three eight and outs straight. with Drew Locke to end the game. That was not a good look, I think, for for Derek Dooley and the, you know, a, a lot of other things are going to contribute to where Kelly right. Bryant ends up. But I did not think that that was a good look, and certainly, of course, not a good look for Drew Locke, who continues to struggle against ranked teams week in week out. You now know, let's first let's quarter, praise con- good.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, he looked he's like six of seven. He came out, he you know had a lot of zip on the ball, and again, they're without Emmanuel Hall. But yeah, I but mean, still. Kentucky does have the best. They have one of the best defenses in the SEC. I get all that. I mean, Josh Sweat was an animal again. Eleven tackles, two sacks. I mean, he's Josh Allen. Josh Allen. You know, what did I say? Josh Sweat. That's okay. okay. Anyway, so um, Montez Sweat. Sweat, Josh yeah, Allen, all same, same person. Um, yeah. no, Josh Allen had like a monster day. But I mean, in the second half, you have forty-nine total yards of offense. Oh. and I mean, they had they had five more penalty yards. They had, they had six penalties for 54 yards in the second half. They had five more penalty yards than total yards on offense. And you know the defense just kept going back out there and getting stops. and I mean, Kentucky's0 uh, and three on fourth Downs. I mean, they did everything they could.
0: Still, amazing win for, for Kentucky. We saw in the, the postgame euphoria with, with Mark Stoops doing some crowd surfing oh, man. and I can't blame him for doing some crowd surfing. If I if I got to a two hundred fifty thousand dollar bonus for a win like that, I would do some crowd surfing and then probably you know uh, you know a few other things. But we'll leave it at that. Go on. Um, <laughs> no, we. we I mean,
1: talk I, about his I'd contract, give myself.
0: Though. I'd give myself a nice big glass of chocolate milk. That's what that's, I was getting beautiful. to. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. His contract. You you put. I'm glad you put this in here because. I don't think a lot of people realize this. This is his third straight season with 7 plus wins. By the way, Kentucky is going to have its first winning season in SEC play since 1977. 1977. Crazy. They throw out that number a lot. But the Mark Stoops contract numbers in this are really interesting and they really I think they provide a lot of perspective into just the ex- what the expectations were when he came in and how he has exceeded those year in, year out.
1: Right, and so if you guys don't know what we're talking about, because I didn't know this until, like, the ins and outs of it until today. This is like a Bobby Bonilla-type contract. This is genius, and it's not like Jimbo where it's like, yeah, give me a whole bunch of money, man. I want all of it. No, Point this check. was, like, a very well-thought-out, and it's kind of fair. So yeah. oh, yeah. The way it's set up is, <laughs> so Mark Stoops gets a $250,000 raise, like, in his, in his annual contract, for every year he's at Kentucky. He also gets an extra year added on, so he gets an extension. Every year he wins seven or more games. So, right now his contract is running you, what, 2023? He's making $5.25 million, so he will be in the $6 million club. Eventually. Yeah. That's Eventually. I mean, it's incredible, though. Oh, it $250, is. $250,000 to win seven games.
0: But that—that that is kind of the run-of-the-mill way for a Power Five surprise team. When you have that big season, it's your job to cash in. That's—I right. mean—that's what he has been put in position to do. Now, whether or not he's able to get the ultimate victory, which I think pretty much—you know—next week is the ultimate victory for Kentucky. If yeah. Kentucky can somehow beat Georgia. Uh, now, I, I say that knowing. A lot of you Kentucky fans who already reached out to me on Saturday, hating on what I wrote after watching Kentucky and watching Georgia, my takeaway from watching those two games is that Georgia's going to be able to win this game. I know it's at Kroger Field. I don't think Kentucky is going to be able to stay on the field with them for 60 minutes. And I know that goes against a lot of what I've said about Kentucky being on the bandwagon. I picked Kentucky to win outright against Mizzou. I've been saying they haven't been getting enough respect all season. I get all of that. I would love, don't get me wrong. As long as Benny Snell and oh, the man. Snell, yeah, Heisman campaign last, which I don't know if, if it's how how much steam it has at this point.
1: Well, they took him out. I love,
0: right? They took him out for the unsportsmanlike penalty, and he got heated with the coaches and all that stuff. Um, he he did go back in, in the game. And by the way, pretty pretty gutsy move not to give him the ball on the very last play. I they gonna knew say, he was going to be. Who ever
1: made that call? Because I mean, you you should not have run the ball from from the two and a half yard line.
0: That was a bold move for Kentucky considering the nature of that offense. But everybody's going to talk about Kentucky as a potential upset pick. The atmosphere is going to be awesome. at Kroger Field, as Luke Del Rio always tells us, that is the place you don't get out of alive unless you're him. Um, My word's not his. But I just can't get on board with the idea that Kentucky is going to be Georgia. After what we saw from the level that Georgia rose to on Saturday – I have a very tough time thinking that Kentucky, with how one-dimensional they still are, is going to be able to move the ball against that defense, and that Jake Fromm is not going to be able to move the Georgia offense. I just, t- I mean, talk me into a belief that Kentucky could have a sliver of a chance nope, in
1: this game. Absolutely not. I mean, and this is not trying to like pile on or, or and throw more doubt, or you know, keep sleeping on Kentucky because you can't take away from how incredible the season's been. Awesome and, and and that win like yeah you got to tip your cap and say you know they, they did they they played past 60 minutes um they were so bad and that was not that was a ridiculous passive interference call the I, offense that was bad yes. the, the defense ball out Terry Wilson I mean, played have the, he was effective he was efficient he he was better than he had been I mean and Georgia's not as great up front as I thought they were um they're definitely not as strong as they were in the, in the front seven as they were last year no, they're not. But, you know, I don't think Benny Snell does enough against this defense. I mean, they're one-dimensional. They're completely one-dimensional.
0: Yeah, they, they still are. And they with how good that secondary is, that Georgia defense is going to load the box completely, yep. and they're going to try and take him away. They have good enough players on the outside with guys like DeAndre Baker. And, of account. course, we talk a lot about J.R. Reed, But those those guys are good enough to where – you just stick them in man coverage and really not worry about it, and and you know right. kind of load up and on stopping Benny Snell. So, I don't mean to, to to sort of rain on the Kentucky parade because I I love the fact that they're going to play this up all week. They're going to talk about how big of underdogs they are, the respect that they're not getting. I love that Benny Snell clapped back at Scott Van Pelt for saying that right. Kentucky losing to Mizzou was his lock of the week. I, I love all of that stuff. I'm I'm here for it. it right. It's great theater. CBS is going to love this on Saturday, but. I just can't get on board with the idea of Kentucky beating this Georgia team. I no, and,
1: and maybe, maybe Georgia shows up a little bit hungover because of the big game against Florida and all that kind of stuff. And so on the road, and maybe they don't take him seriously. I mean, Lynn Bowden Jr., if that kid – like, I think it's going to take at least – they're going to have to win the turnover battle for sure. And I think they would have to probably score in like one of the other phases of the game besides offense. They yeah, they're offense. they're not
0: winning a game where they're, you know, 28, 24, or anything no. like that. I mean, that's if they're winning this game, it's gonna be, you know, something like a, a 17 to 10. Right. Georgia just can't do anything. Jim Chaney just keeps shooting Georgia in the Jeez, foot. Something like man. that. But oh that I he called a heck of a game yesterday, by the way. We didn't talk about that. I love the fact that they kept showing him in the, like at the end in the fourth quarter. Well, yeah, those those calls, I mean, I think that's a little bit more of I don't really blame the calls as much. I think that was just Florida being able to, yeah, exactly. to get backside pressure, and they, they dominated the line of scrimmage. But Jim Chaney called a heck of a game in some of those key moments, and they showed him. Uh, they had, like, a little camera that was up close on him because he's the closest to it yeah. when they show him in the booth, and he was on a different level yesterday. He was very pumped. Well, he just, will have I mean, a lot of things wearing, prepared by for the way. Kentucky defense. I feel
1: like every day, like, it's like a dry fit, but it's like he's a big guy, so it's like, it looks like a pool tarp. I want, I want in on that. <laughs> I want in on that swag and that style. And also, what you just said about Jim Chaney calling a good game, I didn't hear any Georgia fans say that yesterday. Nope. Nope. (laughs) Not one.
0: He's an easy guy to blame when when things aren't going well. Somebody actually said they wanted Bobo
1: back. And I was like, all right, well, that is the end of our conversation, sir. That's, yeah. God dang Uh, it, Bobo!
0: Real quick, what do you think ends up being a closer game? Georgia-Kentucky, Bama-LSU. I, hate <laughs> I love that you rolled your eyes right when so I said hard. that too.
1: Uh, I'll say Bam LSU.
0: You think Bam LSU is a closer game?
1: I mean, yeah. Because I mean, Kentucky's defense is really good. Wait, what? Yeah. That probably contradicts what I just said. I, I don't want to. You know, it's too early in the week for me to like. Yeah, it's too early. We'll talk about that more later. Sunglasses on. off. I don't, uh, I don't
0: know. We'll, we'll we'll save that one for for later. Um, let's let's go to uh, another SEC game that. We thought was going to be really, really close, competitive, tight. Um, but it ended up being Mississippi State. Mississippi State's offense played its best game of the season, beating Texas A&M um, in Starkville. That place was rocking. Nick Fitzgerald with the ultimate high-haters game. Big-time performance out of the senior quarterback.
1: That was ridiculous. So I dug this up um, from a man named Bill Martin on, uh, on Twitter. Bill, Bill Martin is
0: there? Uh, shout out, Bill Martin. He's uh, Mississippi State's SID.
1: What's up? What's up, Bill? Don't worry about the I, SID. If, think, if
0: it's the if it's the same one, I no, mean, I would assume. I'm but, sure it is. Don't
1: worry about the SID. Yeah. It happens; they go away. So anyway, we're moving on. Um, so Nick Fitzgerald, we talked about how bad he was, you know, especially in conference games. He ranked last among starting quarterbacks in six of the eight passing categories um, in the SEC. Real, I mean, he's real bad. Zero real touchdowns. Bad. I mean, all that going up against the most improved defense in the country. So fun fact about Nick Fitzgerald—he balls out against Texas A&M. Career, he is three and zero all time against uh, Texas A&M. Every single time Mississippi State has been unranked and A&M has been ranked, uh, he's eleven total touchdowns, including six passing. All three uh, multiple passing touchdowns. Who is this? Like. Wh-
0: I don't know. It, it must be the uniform. He sees he sees another team in maroon, and he's like, you know what? Hey, I can throw the ball. I I, I can throw the ball to anybody in maroon. Yeah, That's right. <laughs> so easy. Uh,
1: so easy. Uh, Nine hundred and sixty-six total yards. He's averaging three hundred and twenty-two total yards per game against them. Remember how bad he was a week ago, and the week before that, and the week before that.
0: Yeah, he played that that run that he had to, to, to put a cap on it was a huge moment for him to be able to 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 get the uh, you know that kind of welcoming after all the talk all week was about how's keton thompson going to be used we talked about it because yeah. that was a big storyline joe moorhead said that he was going to be used and he was and he did come in for a series in the second quarter and then joe moorhead was like you know what nick fitzgerald is is kind of playing really well right yeah. now and we'd be foolish to take him out take him out of his rhythm we think we actually have something good going here uh steven gidry and uh Osharis mitchell finally giving him some help we've talked a lot about nick fitzgerald not being able to um, just be accurate in the passing game, but he hasn't had help from receivers. No, And that's not at all. been obvious, and he got help yesterday. They played extremely well in this passing game on a day where they did not have a healthy Kylan Hill did a whole lot of good things. And I know that's an AM passing defense that has not been nearly as good right. as their rushing defense, but I think that getting Mississippi State balanced and looking like what we thought they could look like in the beginning of the season – is a huge sigh of relief for for Joe Moorhead moving forward. And he's not going to have to hear nearly the the talk that he was going to have to hear if they started one and four in SEC
1: play. Right. I mean, because he was. It's not just like, yeah, he wasn't getting a lot of help from his receivers, but he was so inaccurate, just so grossly inaccurate. And you don't expect that from a senior quarterback. Like, figure it out, man. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, it was it was an impressive impressive win. I you know Vegas. I don't know what happened yesterday. I don't know what they were doing. Uh, yeah. Everything was fishy. Not happy. Not happy with Vegas. But, yeah, I mean, what a win for Mississippi State. And, you know, and another, another part of it, like, I guess the defense has been great for AM. Kellen Mond's been great on offense. But if there's one weakness that just keeps rearing its ugly head, that offensive line giving up 26 sacks this year.
0: Yeah, can't happen. No. Can't happen. It's the worst in the SEC. It, it's,
1: like, 119 in the country.
0: And I know part of that is because Kellen Mond, he he can operate out of the pocket, and sometimes he takes sacks that he probably shouldn't take. But that's been one of the big offseason priorities with Jimbo Fisher is he wants him getting rid of the ball quickly. He does not want him holding onto the ball, right. being indecisive. And Jimbo Fisher, said, <laughs> Jimbo Fisher said afterwards that... Um, he didn't get any help from his receivers there were there were key drops yeah, in this game there were a did not exactly set itself up to win um this is still a game though that if you're an AM fan you're kind of frustrated because this is the first time where you lost to a team that you thought you should have beat and did not necessarily have the performance that you felt good about going into the following week so a is going to try and rebound uh, in sec play here still a tough stretch left I mean, that's just the nature of the beast. Everybody in this division yeah. feels like still has a tough stretch, at least one or two like marquee tough games left. I thought it was baffling that Kirk Herbstreit said beforehand that if A&M wins out, that they're going to be going to the playoff.
1: Well, I'm sorry, what I, happened? Uh,
0: yeah, Kirk Herbstreit said that on game day, that if A&M won out, and, you know, starting with last night, that they would have made the playoff, which is a, a wild take considering they lost their two biggest chances to get quality wins. Um, obviously, they still have LSU on the schedule, but... Yeah, you lose to Ben I don't, on Clemson. I, I mean, just, I you see two
1: losses. Like those are those are good losses, I guess, but they're they're losses. They're yeah, and that's that's <laughs> like,
0: something to remember too. We're gonna talk more about the playoff stuff, but it's quality of wins. Right. It's not just the loss. It's not yeah, just the Andy, loss. Remember that we
1: barely lost Notre Dame. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I completely agree. I just, I mean, they. I mean, they're still in the top twenty-five.
0: But yeah, like somehow, you know, going
1: but, into this week, ESPN like like their FBI projections for um, each game, they had. Them favored. They had A and M favored to beat LSU in the last game of the year, like fifty one percent.
0: Don't like that. No. <laughs>
1: nope. Don't like that. Nope.
0: Um Yeah, but A and M and Mississippi State, even though they played each other last night, they are the only two teams with three losses ranked in the AP poll. How about that, uh, Mississippi State? Because. Mississippi State got its second win against a ranked opponent,
1: uh, both of which were by double digits and at home. But all hell is broken loose in the AP poll. Utah State's <laughs> in there. Utah State went from unranked to like 18th. Gosh. Do you know who they played yesterday? Did you hear the story? We'll get we, I got to talk about it. Get off my chest. They played in New Mexico and a player from New Mexico missed the game cuz of his oh, sister's yeah. wedding. I That's bold. I mean, what I'm what an a-hole his sister is. <laughs> They were down like thirty five to three in like the first quarter, though, so probably a good move.
0: Nick Fitzgerald had one of the performances that I thought led into the theme of the week, which was big time bounce back performances by veteran quarterbacks or quarterbacks who are at least under siege by their own fan bases under and siege. understandably so. That should have been the theme. Um, right. We talked about Terry Wilson, of course, and and Fitzgerald and and Jake Fromm, people who they're all calling for the backups. Jake Bentley. How about that second half performance from him in a game where you're down 21 to nine at home? You're against a defensive-minded coach, and you can you can hear it. I mean, I'm sure that he could hear the the murmurs of the booze. Let's yeah, the booze. Let's get threat level midnight, Michael Scarn in the game. But he responded in a big time way and did exactly what Will Muschamp could have hoped for in yeah. that moment where that would have been. Lucinda Jeremy Pruitt would not have been a good look good.
1: for Will champ, especially at home. I mean, I was really, really surprised. I mean, not that Tennessee was going to be in the game or keep it close, but, like, the way they came out and were, I don't want to say dominating, but, like, having their way early with with South Carolina, that was really impressive. And, and Garantano is quietly becoming one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, especially on the road. His road numbers, I think he's second in the conference on, on the road in completion percentage, like 68% and has, like, seven touchdowns, no picks. He's been, like, especially against ranked teams, like, when they need him most. I'm not going to count the Florida game or the Bama game.
0: <laughs> yeah, the the touchdown, the early touchdown pass to Juwan Jennings where oh, Juwan man. Jennings then puts the ball right on the stomach of the South Carolina That kid is going to make back. so
1: much money in the NFL, <laughs> and I just hope he gets on a good team because he, you can just tell he is over it. <laughs> like, he is not happy.
0: No prisoners. But yeah, we will uh, we'll we'll take a step back from our Michael Scarn talk because Jake Bentley came up clutch, and now okay, you're you're shaking nope, your head. No, down. chance. You're still yeah.
1: Jake okay. Chrysler 300M. I mean, he had an okay game.
0: No, I mean statistically speaking, it wasn't it wasn't his best, but I thought the way that he responded down the stretch, yeah, and that. made some big time conversions for that team to keep drives alive. That that's what you expect a veteran quarterback to do. By the way. That touchdown catch from Debo Jeez. Samuel was ridiculous. See, and that's so one reason I don't, like,
1: I'm not really that, Im- I don't want to say I'm not impressed, because, like, yeah, he, he he showed up when he had to, and, like, it was a great comeback, but, like, you should have never been in this position. You're playing Tennessee right. at home. You had a week off. You And, like, you have so many weapons on that offense.
0: Our good friend Tom Hart had the call on that uh, Debo Samuel touchdown. I thought that was great. Debo! Um, shout out to Tom Hart, by the way. Uh, he made, he it, it, as we said before, he makes Saturday night in the SEC yep. interesting. Always. That's what he does. He is the Gus Johnson of the SEC. Quarterbacks bounce back in a big, big week. Our guy, Ty Story, did not bounce back. Well, Vanderbilt. I mean, Good it's tough Lord. because when you when you got to put up that many points, uh, Arkansas, Jan and Dan Chavis, uh, his defense didn't exactly give Ty Story a favorable position to be able to win 45 points
1: to Vanderbilt. It's, it's time for the most... Most amount of points Vanderbilt has scored in the last five years against an SEC opponent. I mean, Gosh. I, and I understand like Arkansas is rebuilding, all that kind of stuff, but like they came out early, went right down the field and scored. Like you're at home, you're also playing Vanderbilt. It's Vanderbilt. Can't say it enough. It's Vanderbilt. And just, you know, it was, they're bad. It's real bad.
0: Keyshawn Vaughn is the only player, or at least he was at the time that he accomplished his feat. Only player in the SEC with multiple yeah. rushing touchdowns of 60-plus yards. He's been a difference maker for, yep. for that team, and I'll, I'll be interested to see if he can sort of you know lead an upset down the stretch because he was he was dominant yesterday um, in what was the they ultimate something miss. had to give game. Oh, my they God. A he's going to so.
1: rush like 400 yards. Kyle Shermer is going to be back up. It's like number one in Jordan Rodgers' power rankings after that Ole Miss game.
0: Uh, Vandy gets to ride into the bye week. By the way, Sorry, all you Vandy fans who who chirped at me in the beginning of the season when I did my crystal ball and I didn't have Vandy winning a single SEC game. You got that one. Yeah, you got it. There you Congratulations. go. Congrats, proud you guys.
1: And uh, how about Rakeem Boyd? Rakeem Boyd looked pretty good.
0: He did. I, I I think that he is becoming. He's going to become a fixture in this conference and yeah. one of those. Guys that isn't going to get national love, but people within the conference are going to realize that he's worth game planning for. Uh, just the, the breakaway speed, as we saw from yeah. watching him on Last Chance U, is still prevalent uh, at Arkansas. That the only thing it's
1: worth game planning for um, is uh, defending the screen pass. Um, optional. That's, that's, I mean, if you've been in the league for 30 years, Jan, probably something you want to Google.
0: Can we think about this possibility? Rakeem Boyd, Kelly Bryant, tandem next year? At just Mizzou. it out there. No 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 no. That'd be legit. I I I think that makes that, that makes Arkansas a whole lot more interesting. Jalen Hurts playing wide receiver. What? <laughs> Let's talk to uh we gotta talk to you guys uh, about our friends over at Hood Hat. Yes, Hood Hat. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Hood Hat. They are a hot new hat company out of LA. They sell luxury snapback hats. Yes, yeah, snapback hats. Yeah, you wear them all the time. You're probably Snapbacks wearing one. Snapbacks and
1: tattoos yeah
0: that's what we all have i assume um they just launched their legend collection which includes college football towns of sec schools like athens for the dogs college station for a m you've got davis wade for mississippi state death valley jordan hair etc cetera, etc cetera. this is a totally different way to rep your favorite team support your local school school or alma mater and it's hood by going to hoodhat.com we're going to give you a discount code that's Hood USA, H-O-O-D-U-S-A. You're going to get 20% off all your orders. That's hoodhat.com. Click the Legend Collection and use Hood USA for 20% off. Also, make sure you give them a follow on Instagram, at hoodhatusa. You're going to get more discounts, product reviews, and the to-be-featured to items that they've got coming out. Definitely want to do that. Let's talk playoff. We've got playoff poll coming out on Tuesday. Yes, it is that time of Thank year. Thank God. November is upon us. We're going to have a Halloween episode, don't get me wrong, but we will also have a lot of playoff recap, SEC division title game preview stuff. But I want to get your prediction for what you think the top four is going to look like on Tuesday night that we will all debate endlessly and get way too mad about.
1: Okay, so here's here's the thing about the playoffs. Um, First of all, it's playoff. It's well, year five of this
0: we can, we can get that right. We can get that right, whatever.
1: What is it that Danny Canelo always says? It's not a playoff, it's a... I don't know. It's a UCF. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, shout out to Florida State for a hell of a game this weekend. Moving on. So I feel like they always try to get a little bit too cute with it. Like they're trying to like prove. It's like if I, when I try to like pronounce Deuteronomy. Like if I just like threw in like Deuteronomy and like casual conversation, I feel like that's what the, the playoff community always does the first week. It's like, yeah, A&M. We think they're one of the best teams. Top four, dude. And you they... tried
0: to throw out Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Boom. <laughs> I can't even say I can't even say it, but I didn't try and say it to Tebow. That was kind of you were yeah, asking for. It
1: I, my head point. got really discombobulated right after that. That's probably what happened. Yeah. But anyway, back to getting like too cute with stuff. I they've never had an ACC. No, I'm sorry, an, a Big Twelve or a Pac Twelve team in the initial rankings in the top 4 is Isn't that crazy? That's nuts. I mean, but I, I mean, really, who would it be? Okay, yeah, okay. I mean
0: if you if you go back to 2016 everybody the as you talked about with Am m was in there and undefeated and Washington wasn't right and right. that was the, the the big surprise in the first poll I don't know if we're gonna get a big surprise in the top four no um, I,
1: the only thing that I could see being a surprise is are they going to because the, the way like Notre Dame's undefeated right like they might bump Notre Dame number two I could see that happening over Clemson I mean, just again, just because it's Notre Dame, they've played. It's Clemson. They have a quality win. Yeah, but like, who's Clemson's quality win? Syracuse. Clemson's quality
0: win is is well. I mean, they won at A and M. Is that's their their non conference win, beating the tar out of NC State. Yeah,
1: I mean. I'm just saying, like Notre Dame beat Navy yesterday, dude. Do you see that? On a ship in San Diego. Notre Dame
0: also. Notre Dame beat Michigan, so let's not. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I I feel like they. Those two could be interchangeable, but like LSU with the loss, they're still getting in with that schedule, I would think, over Michigan because they played a much tougher schedule. So I think LSU is definitely going to be at four. I think they might get cute with it at two and three. Um, But I would assume it's going to be – you know what? I would say Bama, Notre Dame, Clemson, and then uh, LSU.
0: Okay, I have a a different thought on that. Bama will be number one, that much we know. Clemson will be number two. I think LSU is going to be number three. And I think number four will be Notre Dame. What if and, Notre Dame's number one? <laughs> uh, we'll, we should come up with some sort of bet. Um, gosh,
1: I will Dame's go to mass every day this week, six a.m. Absolutely not. Absolutely not.
0: How about you go? How about your mom's mass? How about you you make the commute and go all, go all the, all the way out to South Carolina? Do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we can talk about it. We'll figure it out. All right. We'll Sorry, mom. Um, by the way, she is a great follow. On she's Twitter. awesome. What's
0: her Twitter handle? What's your mom's Twitter so handle? So
1: apparently, she has two Twitter handles because she likes and retweets everything I tweet from both of them. She's the ultimate hype man. <laughs> it's her burner account. Yeah, my mom is a burner account. Uh, it's like Pastor Patty Sue1. Pastor, I don't, I mean, she's she's been on a roll lately.
0: I love it. Sharing the gospel one tweet at a time. She That's retweeted
1: uh, something about that I wrote um, way too late in the evening about a woman from Twister, the movie. She was like, that's true, Chris. And I was like, Mom, go to sleep.
0: <laughs> All right, my top four. I think Bama comes in at number Oh, I already, I already said my top four, didn't I? Yeah, I yeah. think LSU comes in at number three and then Notre Dame at, at, at number at number four. Um, here's here's why. Much like they did a couple years ago with a and I think they like being able to say, if you played a quality non-conference team and you won, yeah, we like showing, at least early on, that that matters to us. Miami now sucks. Notre Dame, Notre Dame is in a different, Notre Dame is in a different scenario. I understand Miami has has faded off. At the time, they were billed as a big time non conference opponent, a top ten non conference opponent. They love looking at just. They don't like people just assuming that it's about zero wins and one loss, and we're just going to rank in order of how many wins and losses you have. That matters, but I think that they are going to pay attention more to what the just the flat resume looks like and LSU is better than Notre Dame, right. even though LSU has the one loss, but we'll see. I, I, I certainly wouldn't be surprised to see LSU at number four, but I, I think LSU comes in at number three. I think it sets up a one versus three matchup next Saturday, but um, the tough four really doesn't matter a whole lot. I think those four, we feel really good about them all being in there. The team that I think is going to be overrated in the poll is going to be Ohio state. And that's kind of par for the course. Um, But I just think that Ohio State is getting way too much love. Oh, still in the AP poll, even. Um, I think people are holding on to a little bit too much preseason stuff with them, even though basically their only quality win is at Penn State that they pulled out very, very late. And And the last time we saw them, Penn State won yesterday against Iowa. So they do. Penn State is still a two-loss team, but yeah, I mean, Penn State is not like you know an elite win by any stretch of the imagination.
1: Also, they were losing that game at one point, fourteen to three, and. Four of the fourteen points, which is twenty nine percent of the points, were scored on safeties. <laughs> that's, that's, that's I hate that's so big, big ten, ten. I love it, so much.
0: I love it. Um, how about a team that's going to be underrated? I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? Kentucky's going to be underrated without a really doubt. Yeah. Soon.
1: Yeah. I mean, they have the twenty seventh best strength of schedule.
0: Yeah, I can believe that. I mean,
1: like, the strength of records where they're going to be in trouble, because it's not like they've been winning like. Emph- I mean, I get what they did at Florida, but they haven't really been winning like emphatically.
0: No, but you still have the Mississippi State win. Let's not forget about that. And you won won both of those games by double digits. Yeah. So it's I, I understand. You know, people are going to say, well, they're only beating Vandy by a touchdown and all that stuff. But they do have that, and the fact that while losses are not the end all be all, their loss was against a ranked team on the road in right. overtime. So um, I think Kentucky ends up being outside of the top ten to start, and I think that only fuels into this whole narrative that Kentucky's not getting enough respect. I can I can get on board with that. Um, Speaking of not getting enough respect, oh God, we're going to hear so much about UCF. Brace yourself, all SEC fans. Luke Del Rio, I know you're excited for this, but it's going to be rough. UCF is going to start in the top 10, and we're going to have a firestorm on Twitter of people back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. I mean,
1: they, they should start in the top 10. They should. They're they're a good football team. They could put up some points. Like they, They've won 20 in a row. They should start in the top 10. I think they're one of the... Top ten to fifteen teams in the country. However, they However, don't play anyone. They don't play anyone. Bama's they played. haven't
0: played. They haven't played anyone. And their end of end of season schedule is much better than their beginning of season schedule. But why? Because they got South Florida, to Florida got beat point. by
1: twenty one yesterday.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah, and they um, played
1: Memphis on the road. Who got just like boat raced by Mizzou. I mean,
0: no, they they already played Memphis. I'm talking about their 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 future schedule. Yeah, I could argue right. both sides of the coin with this. So with can,
1: UCF, do it, please do this. I would I would love to do this. Which
0: which side do you want me I'm to? I'm gonna work?
1: go against UCF. You can take the pro pro UCF side. Um, all right. you're an so idiot. Let's Boom. Go,
0: let's go pro UC, Let's go pro UCF for for a second here. Um, First thing I'm gonna do is
1: insult my looks uh, and make sure you're tweeting all this. We shouldn't be talking about it like back and forth. It should only be through tweets.
0: This is the part where I'm supposed to throw out some stuff about a 20-game winning streak and how what they did against Auburn should matter. We're living rent-free in your head, commu- dude.
1: We're living rent-free. All y'all talk about is us. My God. Yeah,
0: they are uh, an interesting bunch. By the way, that sign on college game day yesterday with Herb Street, like basically with the you know the hat to the side and him making a, a dumb face. How old are you? Like, really, how old are you, UCF fans? Like, that's your way of getting everybody's attention and trying to look like a big boy? Give
1: me a break. I just love they have the, the game day takeover. That they they Did not put happen. all over. I mean, like, and then they said they said part partially it was because they were getting all these like physical threats and harmful threats from Florida fans. Have you ever been in any kind of communication or any kind of back and forth with a UCF fan on the internet? That's oh, all yeah. they do. That is all they do.
0: It's annoying. I I, I mean I if they were, they're an annoying bunch. I'm yeah, they I'll say that. All and have, I have like, our fake friends... diamond
1: earrings and they're all named Tevin. They just they all dress like the. <laughs> Brian, what's his name from uh, the second Fast and Furious? What's they all look like every
0: single one that's of them. A, that's a reference that you're never gonna get me to. You're not gonna. You're not gonna give me that alley oop, and I'm gonna dunk that one home. Let's just say <laughs> yeah. that. Orange that's, County that's choppers. Um Real quick, we're gonna get. Uh, into some playoff stuff a lot on Wednesday. But this is just some facts that they threw out on college game day that are really important to remember because we we get obsessed with this and we tend to think that every team is going to win out. Not going to happen. No. So quick hitting facts here. Only three teams have made the college football playoff as unbeaten teams. That was 2014 Florida State, 2015 Clemson, 2016 Alabama. None of them won the title. Ohio State numbered 16 in the initial rankings in 2014. Now, there are a lot of extenuating circumstances with that. You have to have one loss, all that stuff, whatever. Number three team in the initial rankings has never made the playoffs. So we talked about whether or not it's going to be, you know, Notre Dame or or LSU. So, geez, that that basically means that you're you're done right then and there. Um, Don't even try the rest of the season. You already threw out the one about no Big 12 team or Pac-12 team being ranked in the initial top four. That is baffling. Still cannot get over that. Um, how about this? Six teams have reached the playoff despite an October loss, and five, including your Alabama Crimson Tide, have gotten there with a November loss.
1: Yeah, to be fair, if if they would have not gone over Ohio State, Ohio State would have also got in with a November loss. Very true. People forget Ohio that. State
0: did not deserve to get into no, that field last year. Let's, um, and then last stat, just so that I don't look like the biggest UCF um, fan yeah, in the Yeah, say it, Tevin. UCF is number one twenty-seven in strength of schedule. What program. I
1: heard number so. one, dude. I heard number one. <laughs> Idiots. Let's go to Chili's. Let's
0: play, let's play America's favorite game. It's the Stairway to Heaven, Chili's. Oh, let's God. not forget that. Uh, let's let's play everybody's favorite game. Guess those Week Ten lines. We do already know at least one of these. I'm not sure if the has the uh, the Georgia Kentucky line come out yet. I'm not telling you. Uh-oh. Oh, all right. I might have to guess that then. Um, but let's start with, uh, with A&M-Auburn. What do we think that line is going to look like for a couple of teams with three losses in the SEC West?
1: All right, so it's at Auburn. Mm-hmm. It's another, another 11 a.m. kickoff. Ooh. Um, Auburn's coming off a bye, and a coming off that loss. I am going to say Auburn
0: 3.5. I like that. Yeah, I was thinking... I was an Auburn four and a half.
1: That's, um, that's not bad either.
0: Yeah. We should write these down. I am. Although, after last week's um, horrible misgas with. Uh, with the zoo? With Kentucky. Mizzou. You texted me right when that line came out and you're like, what? What is happening here? Is this a typo? Um, yeah, no, I, I think it'll be somewhere right around the three, four, or five range. Um, South Carolina at Ole Miss. Ole Miss also coming off of a buy. Playing a South Carolina team that might have figured some things out down the stretch in the fourth quarter, but still kind of a big mystery to me, um, and really not a team that likes to run the ball very much, which is usually a little more balanced. Yesterday,
1: they looked a little bit better. Rico Dallas. That, that is true. Is there is Ole Miss favored in this one? So that's a good question. I think they I think they would be. Like it's the first time these two have played each other nine years. I don't think, like, Ole defense is just so bad, but I don't think that Carolina does anything, like, good enough, especially away from home, that would make you think they're going to beat them.
0: Vegas likes South Carolina. Yeah. Let's not forget that that was, like, what was it, a a nine-and-a-half point spread for Tennessee, and we both looked at that and thought, no way, that is way too much. I think South Carolina is one-and-a-half, one-and-a-half point favorite on the road.
1: I see. I disagree. I think I think it's a pick but I think uh, it swings into Ole Miss' favorite by, by two and a half.
0: Yeah, it could be. Yeah, the the fact Ole Miss coming off a bye, um, yeah, there's something to be said for that. But, it's also
1: 11 a 11 a.m. kickoff, another one.
0: That's true. The tough thing with Ole Miss, though, that's going to be really tough for odds makers is how does this team play down the stretch without a postseason berth to play for? Yeah. I don't that's a tough thing to take into account because they could have games where... They get off to a bad start and they just shut it down. And I'm not I'm not accusing any Ole Miss player of quitting or anything like that. I by no No. Say, say their names.
1: <laughs> Chad Kelly. AJ, no, I'm kidding.
0: Um, but that you just never know. You never know when you get in this yeah. situation two straight years without a postseason berth because of the sanctions. Of course, I just that's a tough thing to be able to have in the back of your mind, knowing that that postseason berth is not going to happen, and their bowl right. game is essentially the Egg Bowl. So something worth following as we get into these, you know the the home stretch here. But uh, do we want to save this for, l- let's say let's save this for, for later. Um, let's go to Mizzou and Florida. Florida coming off of a tough loss. Both teams coming off of tough yeah. losses. Uh, had high hopes, let down. Neither of these teams are playing for uh, a division title like they hoped for at this time of the year. But Florida probably, I would assume, is a significant favorite in this one. I would say Florida by six and a half.
1: That's exactly what I was gonna say. Was it really? Yeah. I mean, wow. like six to six and a half. Like seven seems like a lot, just because you're trying to entice like the, the the betters. Um, I mean, you you almost want to say like, would it be more than that? Like seven and a half, maybe, because Mizzou like like won that offense doesn't have a lot of strengths, but it's not gonna like I don't see what their offense does like in this road environment and also against that defense. But I, yeah, I would say six and a half.
0: This is uh, this is not a good matchup for Drew Locke against that defense where he is going to see pressure on pressure yeah. on pressure. A defense that's going to be angry after the way it let up more points than it had all year against Georgia. Yeah, I would t- I would tend to think that maybe that line will even go up a little bit during the week. Right. Charlo, Charlo. Charlotte, Charlotte, uh, okay, Charlotte at Tennessee. Jeremy Pruitt coming off of a, a tough game to let slip away uh, at Williams Bryce. Tennessee will be favored in this one. That much we know. Jared Garantano probably worth more points originally than when we were expecting in this right. matchup just because they've been able to – I think Tyson Helton has some things figured out. I haven't looked into Charlotte that much, I'll be honest. So, so Charlotte I'm, I'm was Phil Steele's
1: uh, – one of his picks of the week yesterday to go upset um, Southern Miss, and they did on the road. Ooh, Actually, so no, I think it was at Charlotte. That's okay, also so where Joe Tarashinski is an assistant coach. Good to know. That's really good to know. 13. Um, so I would say I would say 14 and a half. Probably 14 yeah. and a half. Um, just because I mean, like, again, you're trying to like find like like entice people to actually bet on the lines. So if it's 13, you're gonna have a lot more people that are just gonna jump on tennessee Tennessee um for the two touchdowns. So I would I'd say like 14, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like 16 and a half, seventeen.
0: Yeah, that, that could be. Because the I offense has
1: put up, I mean, it's looked better.
0: Yeah, it's it, and it put up points on the road too, which is a, a good sign, obviously, moving forward for them. Yeah, uh, another, another non-conference game for an SEC team, Louisiana Tech at Mississippi State, the suddenly potent Mississippi State offense going to be favored on this one. The question is by how much? I would tend to think that because of how good the defense is really, right. That this spread is going to end up looking bigger than we expected it to. Um didn't yeah, Mississippi State last year went to went to Louisiana Tech and yeah. 52. Um, <laughs> On that was the, road. the infamous uh yeah, it was like the third in 88 where they had that wild Man. fumble that went yeah, that play was bananas. Um t-
1: twenty four point favorite. Ooh, that's a lot. I'm gonna say twenty one. Okay. Twenty one for Mississippi State. Are you are you actually writing these down? Yeah. Oh, I love that.
0: Thank you. Of course. We haven't done that once. <laughs> Every time it's, like, basically the way this works is if we get one right, we're like, man, we're so good at this. We <laughs> get this right. We miss
1: the other six.
0: Who cares? <laughs> um, yeah, let's, uh, okay, our two headliner games of the week. First, let's do Georgia at Kentucky. This is going to be a big point of emphasis in that locker room. And I, maybe maybe this has already come out while we're recording this, but I think Kentucky fans are going to be very much waiting for this just so they can play up how much disrespect they're going to have to talk about this week. I'm going to say Georgia is favored to win by...
1: 15. So, that's, oh, that's not bad. I, I think it'll be... I mean, Kentucky's the number 11 team in the country they are on the road. I'm, I'm going to say 13. Georgia's on the road, not Kentucky. Yeah, I know, Kentucky, but I'm saying, like, yeah. Georgia's on the road at Kentucky. Um, yeah, yeah. It's definitely going to be double digits. I'm going to say 13. Would you say 15? Yeah. I said 15, okay. yeah.
0: Yeah, because you would tend to look at the, the results of the, the Florida, Georgia game, yeah. Georgia-Florida game, whatever you want to call it, and think, well, by 19 points there, and Georgia was only a touchdown favorite in that one. Um, yeah, that's it'll be interesting to see how that line moves. Yeah. I don't know how much movement there is going to be on that one because I think you kind of know what, you, how you feel about Kentucky and you know how you feel about Georgia, barring some injury news in the middle of the week or something like that. But big one that we've been talking about for a long time, Bama, LSU, something that has probably been <laughs> – we, we, well, we heard the, the initial line. The initial line of this game was what, 14? 14. Okay. So the question is, what does this line end up at by the time kickoff rolls around in Baton Rouge? Because there are going to be probably a lot of things during the week that make you think one thing and then you go the other with all you know, potential bulletin board material, you know the Devin White stuff, all the factors that can lead into whether or not this game is close. Um, I, I think we, we find a lot of insight about that during the week. So I do think this line is going to move. Um, maybe a, a couple points, maybe you know three points, something like that. But I think that Bama ends up being favored by 16.5 points.
1: See, I, I think it goes the other way. I think it's going to end up being 11.5. Uh, wow. So I think it's at 14 now. I think it'll end up going at 11.5. 16.5 and
0: is and so many points. I know, I know, but it's – I mean, it's, it's this offense. And it's – I think that – not having Devin White in that first half when you have Tua and coming off of a bye and getting a chance to get that knee healthy. Like, I mean, he said he's healthy and all that stuff. Right. I think that that would induce probably the most action. You'd have a lot of people taking LSU, but this is still just a Bama offense that is as quick-hitting as any in the country. And um, I know that sounds like so much for this game that has been historically very low-scoring, but this is still a different breed of, of offense. And that's not to hate on LSU, because I think that's secondary, as I've said many times. Best in the country, but good offense beats good defense, and I think that's what's going to end up happening in this
1: one. That's fair. Yeah. It's early. It's early. We'll get to the prediction on Wednesday. All right, Edward. Is he here? Can we? Yeah, coming. Oh. He had plenty of time. Man, to... he's got a he's got a lay on. Oh my he gosh. is feeling himself. All right, yeah. All right, take wow. over. Here you go. Wow. How you doing, Connor? I, I don't care I don't how you doing. Do don't. 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 I'm the... I going to make it quick.
0: Coach o, over under two and a half shirts that you go through uh, just in this game from the moment that you arrive at the stadium.
1: I ain't going to wear a shirt. First off, first off, I'm going to have free Devin White tattoo on my bare chest. Might shave my chest hair into, I don't know, either way. Now, I'm here to tell you about, uh, we have bye week. We have a big game coming up, Death Valley, their weekend, okay? Uh, Alabama coming to town, tide rolling in, um, all that, okay? I did a little recon, a little research, a little background check The weekend on the bye week. I went to Hawaii. You ever been to Hawaii?
0: Not yet. Hoping to someday, Coach.
1: Hoping to. La Vowel. La Vowel was in that name. Okay? Everyone there looked like the rock. But if he was like a meth head. Anyway. So we there um, learned a lot about the culture. The luau or coconut bra, Very nice. That being said, another little place got some culture. Bad Rouge. Okay? Trying to drink all these fruit fruit drinks. Only good thing ever come out of Hawaii is Dog the Bounty Hunter. Everybody know that. Everybody know that. Everybody know that, Connor. I ain't saying too ain't good. I'm just saying if you put a dollar to Bounty on in that offense, I think he puts up the same numbers. It's a bold take. I mean it's really bold is, take. It, I mean it definitely is. You know, it's it's a hot take. that's how I like my food. That's how I like my women. That's how I like my life, Connor. Hot. We're gonna we gonna listen. We're gonna tone back down. Me and Chris still on vacation. We're gonna get man pedicure today. Um, still gonna get bottom of the moses all that good stuff. Regardless, on Wednesday, we got a little present for you. I'll be dressing up for Halloween, okay? A little scary, little scary story stuff. You know what I'm dressing up as, Connor. I'm going to You you pretty much are a costume, as you are. But, well, I mean, when you say it like that, it seems kind of rude. Uh, <laughs> dressing up as a centaur, because I was raised by centaurs. So, Wednesday, I have a little prediction for you. Okay? Get it? All right, know a good day, Connor. do don't all All right, well, that was a lot. So,
0: Wait, Coach said he had a prediction for us, and he didn't I get I said he going to do it, it on Wednesday. You don't ever oh, he's going to do it, it on Wednesday. Okay, all right. All right Unbelievable. Think, How about that, sure.
1: that comment about The Rock?
0: Yeah, that was pretty Man. offensive. I mean, goodness gracious. Man. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, you know, who wouldn't like looking like The Rock and being like 6'4", 280 pounds of just pure mass? Of muscle and meth.
1: I mean, yeah, I, I get it. I don't, know what, I don't know where he went in Hawaii. I feel like he didn't <sighs> go to Hawaii. Yeah. I feel I don't like don't he went to he like a bad part of L.A. or Mexico.
0: Maybe my neck of the woods in Florida. <laughs>
1: also, that's true. Yeah,
0: that's fair. Uh, let's uh, let's close things out with it. Might mean too much. This isn't the most. Um, this isn't the the craziest thing. I'll, I should start with this. That Florida fan that they showed on College Game Day, who had the whole face painted oh and the gosh. neck painted like the Gator, that was terrifying. That was. I don't know if that yeah. was a Halloween thing or if that was just you're a Florida fan. You wanted to, to rep, whatever. That was a little, That was a little too much. Way was, too much. A little, a little bit too much. By the way, the people who also got their, um, they they had people with shaved heads who were getting SEC logos painted into the back of their heads. You know, might mean too much. Yeah. Don't need to get the conference logo in the back here at head. all. Just throwing that Our out there.
1: against every other team in the conference.
0: Yeah, um, maybe wait till bowl season till you do that. I, I don't know. Just, just a thought. Uh, this though, South Carolina trolled Tennessee after squeaking out a victory. By the way, it didn't even cover the spread. Right. Um, tr- trolled Tennessee on Twitter. Uh, with a Lost in the Storm tweet with, like, a Tennessee you know, logo buried into the sand. Because Sandstorm, people forget that they do that there. Right. No, nobody forgets that because they play it constantly. By the way, seven times a game. Can we get whoever does the, the controls of the, the Gamecock guy, girl, whoever it is, Cocky? child. I, I, no, no, no. Whoever does the control for that sound in that game has to take it down a notch. You're doing it for, like, they get oh, like five the, yards ah, on that thing. Yeah, Yeah, like they get the opposing team is like second and seven and they pick up, you know, six yards or something like that. It's going to be third and one like
1: the other team still got six yards. Yeah. Also, the third down thing when they play Hell's Bells, like every every stadium does. It's like, oh, my gosh. First off, it's the slowest intro to a song ever. Let's just stop doing it.
0: Yeah, it's been done way too many times. Let's let's get original with it. How about how about something that we can all do uh, in unison? Maybe we just everybody starts singing neck.
1: I mean, oh, is that okay? man, I like that, yeah. And also, that on third everybody, um, don't clap your hands. That's my least favorite thing when that song comes on. That's not the name of the song. You know what the name I'm is. I'm not going to say it. It's only going to make me upset.
0: <laughs> Let's get to some five-star reviews. I promised that we were going to get to some the other day. This first one I feel like you should read because it is so built for you. Um, yeah, I'm just going to let you take it this way.
1: Uh, from Josh Johansson, who said... I listened to the podcast in the preseason and absolutely hated it. Thanks, Josh. I was so bummed because I'm a huge Georgia and SEC fan, and I was thinking there would be some really good SEC commentary. Instead, it was a couple of goofballs cracking inside jokes the whole time. A week or two went by, and I decided to give the podcast one more try. Now I can't get enough. I listen regularly, and I'm pretty sure people think I'm a crazy person when they see me cracking up laughing when I'm out getting exercise sick brag thanks for the weirdest sec media i could ever hope for for the record i actually enjoy hearing what y'all's commentary is along with the super random jokes josh that was a really nice compliment i just feel like uh all the the negative part leading up to it that could have been like shorter
0: no i think it plays into it we are an acquired taste so if you have someone if you have someone who has listened to this once that you know you say to them hey you know that they're they're fine wine. They they age a little bit better. You just gotta you know it's like the office. Nobody liked season one of the office when they watched it just by itself. But if you you know you watch it all the way through and then you kind of get into season three and character development all that stuff. I'm I just think saying, it, I'm I mean out
1: there. I think everybody would agree that the best way to describe me was is fine wine, without a doubt. Oh I yeah I don't think there's any question about that.
0: This is from YayTube <laughs> Subject line: Ed talks. I need more Ed talks. Ed talks are what I need. Thanks YayTube
1: Okay, we can do that. We can, yeah. we can make that we happen. got plenty of that. Plenty um, of up next, we have Bartholomew Kuma. What a, what a name. Love it. Like the show, but diversity from too many Florida guests. Have some guests from Texas A&M, LSU, The Vols, or UJ. By the coach is pounding his head in anticipation.
0: By the way, we don't do a little peek behind the onion here. We don't do that on purpose. We just kind of realize that that, that that that's the way it happened. Um, yeah. A, a lot... Sick brag, a lot of our connections are with people people that are directly related to Florida. Um, the Tebow thing just kind of fell into our lap. Luke Del Rio is our best friend, along with Tom Hart, Peter Burns. Um, maybe, we'll get, maybe we'll get Peter Burns on this week. Maybe we'll get him on this week to talk some LSU about uh, the, the big one in Baton Rouge. I think we could maybe well, work Terry that Wilson out. Terry
1: we'll... Wilson won't return our calls ever since I accidentally ran over his uh, hydrangeas. Yikes. I feel like that one's on you. That is let's my
0: end fault, with. Yeah. Let's end with this one from Paducah Dave. Great pod. Um, Great SEC podcast. Good mix of news and humor. The Coach O segment is awesome. BBN, go Cats. Paducah Dave, I apologize for saying your cats aren't going to win on Saturday. Please still rate, review, tell all your friends to do the same. We appreciate everybody who gave us a five-star review. Everybody who reaches out to us on Twitter during a game or something like that with an inside joke. I love it. I, I, it's one of my favorite parts yeah. of this season. Seriously, I, I can't get enough of it. Unless you're, of course, just trolling me about something, you know, a Mississippi State pick that I made that I've already announced dead, so no need to really get after me for that No, keep anymore. doing that, but, guys. <laughs> um, we have a fun week ahead. We're going to have Halloween costumes for SEC coaches on Wednesday where hopefully, like I said, may, maybe I just throw this out there to Peter Burns and enough people tweet at him like, hey, heard you're coming on the SDS pod, even though we haven't finalized anything yet. Um <laughs> We we will maybe have a guest on for Wednesday, um, but we will have a ton of fun stuff to talk about. Division title games. It's a good time of year in the SEC. Love baby. it. Good time of year. So, please, as I said, make sure that you are following us on Instagram. Make sure you're watching Facebook Live every Monday night at 8:30 and every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. when Marley rolls out of bed. Yeah. Made people some money this week, right? Didn't you?
1: Ooh, no, was a tough week today. A tough week this week. It's not great.
0: All right. Well, we'll pretend that didn't happen, and we'll just say that you're up on the year. Follow us true. on Twitter at the SDS Pod at C Marler SDS at C J O'Gara. Week ten is upon us. Crazy man, crazy. Don't know where the time goes. No oh idea. Man. Okay. <laughs> nah, I won't say that. Thanks, guys. We will talk to you on Wednesday.
1: I hate goodbyes.